Hi, I'm Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. We're continuing this week with our Christ-centered mentoring series, and we're going to be talking about cultivating a truth-based mind. And this is so critical in our day and age when deception is so common in the church and, of course, in the culture around us. Last episode, we talked about sharing truth-based messages, and this is kind of building off of that, talking about how do we build a truth-based mind and heart and thought process. Before we jump in, I wanted to let you know about a very exciting opportunity. Ellerslie Online Discipleship Program is offered once a year and you can join for a donation of any amount. This is an amazing way to take that pithy, powerful discipleship that we offer at Ellerslie and bring it into your own living room, into your marriage, into your family, into your day-to-day life. And these daily sessions that you watch, they're between 15 and 30 minutes, so they're bite-sized, they're easy to digest, and loads of bonus material and resources. Lots of my favorite series are in this Ellerslie online program. Series on being fortified against enemy attack, series on living a poured out life, series on developing spiritual passion and maintaining spiritual passion. And of course, the rest of the teaching as well from my husband, Eric, from Nathan Johnson and from others. So if you'd like to join us, again, we only offer this program once a year, but you can be a part of the program for a donation of any amount and you'll have access through the end of August. So you can just really use it as a a way to jumpstart a spiritual focus for the year or just be freshly encouraged and spiritually enriched and invigorated. And it's just a great resource. So if you're interested in joining us, you can click the link in this podcast description or go to ellerslie.com for more information. Hope to see you in that program. Let's talk about cultivating a truth-based mind. So last episode, we talked about a lot of examples of trendy but deceptive messages that have crept into the church. So things like building up our own self-esteem versus denying ourselves and following Christ. And just a lot of other messages that were kind of similar where they maybe have a a tinge or an element of truth, but they have a lot of human reasoning woven in and they're not fully and completely based in the word of God. The question that often comes up when we see this kind of thing happening in the church, a lot of women have asked me, how do I recognize error when I see it? How do I become a discerning woman? How do I evaluate a message or a book? You know, it can be pretty scary because sometimes the most popular book that is hitting the Christian market today, five or 10 years later, that person is no longer walking with Christ and their life is a disaster. So how do you know what is coming out of the Christian media industry and music and books and even sermon platforms is truly based in the word of God? And it really begins with having a truth-based mind. My husband, Eric, calls this having a canon mind. And canon basically is talking about the word of God. So we need to have a mind that is shaped by the word of God. I want to give you a few practicals of how you can do that in your life starting today. The first one is to always make God's word your first turn. It's really interesting how tempting it can be to run to anywhere but God's word whenever we're confused by something or we're struggling with doubt or discouragement. It's very easy to think we're going to find comfort and perspective in the words and ideas of our fellow humans more so than in the eternal word of God. So if you're struggling with something, if something difficult has happened, if you're confused about something, do you go to the word of God and eagerly search for the truth in the word of God, as if you were searching for hidden treasure, as it says in the Proverbs? Or do you just sort of click around on social media, go to some blogs, listen to a few podcasts, read a few books, talk to a Christian friend? Not all of that is necessarily bad, but when we don't make the word of God our first turn, 
our thoughts and our mind and our way of thinking can be so easily shaped by the ideas of other people rather than first and foremost, the word of God. So when you're struggling or when you're confused, you might turn to social media. You might turn to self-help books or magazines. You might turn to artistic songs and blogs and that, you know, express a lot of angst about what you're going through. You might turn to the advice of your peers, or you might turn to inspirational novels or movies. We need to remember this. Human thoughts and ideas are only beneficial if they are in perfect harmony with the timeless truth of scripture. All other ideas ideas, notions, and concepts, and suggestions are basically worthless if they do not line up with the Word of God. So here are a few practical ways to do that, to make the Word of God your first turn. The first is to fill your mind with Scripture as often as possible. That could be audio Bibles. That could be reading your Bible. That could be having Scripture cards posted in your car and around your house. But filling your mind with scripture as often as you possibly can, committing key scriptures to memory. And this is so critical. I was so inspired by Darlene Dibler's story. She wrote the book called Evidence Not Seen. And I've shared her story on quite a few of these podcasts that I've given. But she talked about how when she was young, she memorized whole volumes of the word of God. And when she was in prison later in life, they took her Bible away, but she had so much of the word of God stored up in her heart and in her mind that her prison cell became her sanctuary. And our life just works when we are grounded and rooted in the word of God. And whenever we're facing a tough situation and we've committed scriptures to memory, those scriptures come to the forefront of our mind and we have the truth right in front of us, right when we need it. So even if you don't feel that you're very good at memorizing scripture, not everyone feels gifted at that. You can just find really short, easy to memorize verses. The word of God is so powerful that even short verses that you can pull out whenever you're struggling with something or whenever the enemy is just trying to distract you with something. It doesn't have to be a big, long passage. It can be a verse that's a sentence or two, but it will make such an incredible difference in your ability to have a truth-based mind and thought process. Another practical is to dig deeper into scripture. Don't just read at first glance and kind of thumb through your Bible and just kind of take that shallow look at it, but really dig into what the verses mean. And that's called inductive Bible study. That might sound like an intimidating word if you've never done it before, but inductive basically means you're just diving deep into the scripture or the passage. So there are so many tools online. There are software programs you can get that help you do inductive Bible study. Blueletterbible.org is one that I use a lot because you can just quickly look up a verse in, look up the Greek or the Hebrew and see the definition of the word that you're reading about or keywords in that verse, it immediately associates it with other verses that use that same phrase. So you can kind of get a context for what the meaning is. It's just a great way to really dive deeper into what each scripture means. Another practical is when you're struggling, ask God to guide you as you read his word. You might have sort of a blankness as you go to the word of God. I don't know where to even turn, but ask God's spirit to guide you to the right verses. And as you dig into his word, there is always an answer in the word of God. Ask him to open your eyes to see where to go in scripture and how to apply that scripture to your life. Another idea is to read stories of great Christians specifically to notice how they applied scripture to their problems. I am so amazed when I read stories of Corey Ten Boom and Brother Andrew and Darlene Dibler and Amy Carmichael how anytime they were faced with a dire problem, they immediately turned to the word of God and the power of the word of God transformed their entire situation. And that's very inspiring to me. It reminds me that my problems are not outside of what the word of God can target and can deal with. 
Don't entertain notions or ideas that disagree with God's word, no matter how artistic or cool or hip or amazing or profound they might sound. If they disagree with the word of God, just don't give them the time of day in your life. So our first principle there was turning first to the word of God. Now we're going to be talking about avoiding mushy thinking. Don't be a mushy thinker. It says in Ephesians 4.14, No longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. It's really true that deception does not usually come with a big neon sign that says, this is deception. This is an off-base message. There are people who are introducing these messages with a cunning craftiness. Deceitful scheming is what it says. And that's very similar to what Paul said near the very end of his ministry, where he says, among yourselves, among the body of Christ, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw disciples after themselves. And I have not ceased to warn you night and day with tears to be on guard against that. So deceitful scheming is very present in the church because the enemy knows that if he can work through deception and pull us off track and pull us away from truth, he can destroy our faith. He can destroy the body of Christ. And so wallowing in doubt and confusion and uncertainty has become actually trendy in modern Christian circles and a lot of circles. So mushy thinking is actually encouraged, which is very sad. Some churches have even hosted what they call doubt nights, where everyone gets together and vents their doubts about God and his word. A lot of Christian circles actually celebrate confusion, but that's a very miserable way to live. Why would you want to look at a sunset through a filthy, dirty window and barely be able to see it when you could see it in all its breathtaking beauty by looking through a sparkling, clean window instead? And that's the difference between allowing mushiness into our thinking as we approach the word of God or clear-minded thinking, where we just take the word of God for what it is and we don't allow a wimpy approach to it, where we're like, well, it may be right, it may be wrong, or I may need to sort of alter it a little bit to be modified to the culture. That's what leads to mushy thinking. And it's a postmodern way of reasoning. Postmodern thinking is very common today. And it often appeals to us as women because it's very feelings-based. Postmodern thinking is mushy thinking. And it asks, how do I feel about this? Rather than what does God say about this? When we approach truth with a feelings-based mentality, does it make me feel good? Do I want to believe this? We are going to become a mushy thinker. We need to be asking the question, what does God say? And what he says goes. That is my reaction. Reality. It doesn't matter how I feel about it. There is such a deadly deception that has really been introduced into Christianity over the last 10 or 15 or 20 years where books and authors and Christian speakers are sort of questioning, well, God didn't really mean that. I don't think he really meant to say it that way. And even if he did, that was just for a different time. And our culture is so different now. We need to modify God's word to fit better with culture. God didn't really mean that. God didn't really say that. That's taking it too far. Well, in Genesis 3.1, you see that very same deception happening. The serpent, it says, was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Satan convinced Eve to question God's unchanging nature and wonder whether he really meant what he said. He deceived her with his subtlety. He didn't brashly tell her, hey, you should disobey God. It was through cunning creativity. He stripped away the solid rock of truth beneath her feet 
and replaced it with springy, moldable mushiness. And sadly, that's what he's doing today through a lot of mushy thinking and postmodern ideas that have made their way into the church. So many of us are stumbling around in confusion and doubt because we've been pausing to listen to the serpent's questions and doubting whether God really meant what he said. So beware of the enemy's subtlety. If there are Christian messages or messages that call themselves Christian, that question, hey, did God really say that? Did he really mean that? I think we need to change the Bible to fit better with what our feelings tell us would be true. That is something to be very, very on guard against. Here are a few practical ways to stand against mushy thinking. Run from any message or notion that questions the word of God, no matter how interesting or artistic it may sound. And there's that verse in Romans 3, 4 that I refer back to quite often. Let God be true, but every man a liar. It does not matter how trendy or cool or hip or artistic someone packages their lie. It's still a lie and we need to run the other way when it does not honor the word of God. Remember that when we question God's word, we are questioning Jesus because he is the word made flesh. It says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So it's not a light thing to start questioning and wanting to change the word of God. And if there are things that you don't understand about scripture, seek God's answers with a faith-filled heart. His word is perfect and it's always safe. Don't go to the Bible with a doubt-filled heart or a skeptical mind. Go with that childlike faith that says, Lord, I trust you. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Even if I don't understand everything I read, I know your word is perfect and I know it is always safe to base my thinking and my reasoning and my attitudes and my actions in your truth. 2 Timothy 3.16 reminds us that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And that is why we honor the word of God. Committing scripture to memory, as we talked about a minute ago, helps us fight lies with truth. And that has helped me so many times through the years when a lie has been plaguing me. When I have scripture in my heart and my mind, I can quickly kick out the lie and say, nope, that is a lie. I'm standing on this truth. Expand your understanding of scripture by digging deep into the word of God. And if inductively studying the Bible intimidates you, maybe work alongside someone in your life who does understand how to dig deeper into the word of God until you become comfortable with it. And again, no matter what your circumstances or your struggles might be, remember that you can always find an answer in the word of God. And even if you can't find one immediately, begin to search for answers diligently because God will give his wisdom when we seek it. Another very important aspect of avoiding mushy thinking is to exchange an open mind for a canon mind. Canon basically means the 66 books of the Bible. Now, the open mind is a popular concept in our culture today, and it basically means being willing to entertain other people's beliefs and ideas and even to adopt them as our own if they feel right to us. But the canon mind is exclusively devoted to God's opinions and commands. It's close to all other ideas and thoughts and philosophies that promote any other reality but his. I love what John Wesley says about the Bible. This book had to be written by one of three people, good men, bad men, or God. It couldn't have been written by good men because they said it was inspired by the revelation of God and good men don't lie and deceive. It couldn't have been written by bad men because bad men would not write something that would condemn themselves. That leaves only one conclusion. It was given by divine inspiration of God. And that is how we are to treat the Bible. And when we have a can in mind, that's the way we look at the word of God. Corey Ten Boom said, God's viewpoint is sometimes so very different from ours that we could not even guess at it unless he had given us a book 
which tells us such things. We need to approach the word of God with a humble heart to know that we are the ones who need to mold and shape to his word, not the other way around. So here's how you can cultivate a canon mind. Settle it in your heart that the Bible's message is the only truth. We don't blend other people's thoughts and ideas to what the Bible says. We stand on the word of God as the only truth. Also learn to know and love the word of God. Love the word of God because when we love the word of God, there is just so much life that flows into our life when we delight in his word and we don't just approach it as a duty or an obligation. Read his word, listen to his word, post his word around your house, your car, your life whenever possible. Spend time with other believers who know and reverence the word of God. Gain a passion for God's word by reading and meditating on Psalm 119. This is the longest psalm (laughs) that you can read, but it is so beautiful because the entire psalm is about how powerful and beautiful and life-giving and life-transforming the word of God is. So if you really are looking for a place to start, Psalm 119 is a great way to awaken your passion for the word of God. Another way to avoid being a mushy thinker is to put feelings in their place. Now, we've talked a lot about this in this podcast. So if you've been following my podcast for any length of time, I'm always talking about not being led by your emotions, but being led by truth. And that's probably because it's been one of the most life-changing principles for me, because as women, we're very prone to that follow your heart message. And we just want to go where the wind blows us. We want to base everything on how we feel. But again, Proverbs 28, 26, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things. We can't allow emotions and feelings to rule our thinking, or we will have a mushy mind, a mushy approach towards truth. Elizabeth Elliot said, the difficulty is to keep a tight rein on our emotions. They can remain, but it is not the emotions who are to rule the action. They have no authority. A life lived in God is not lived on the plane of the feelings, but of the will. So I really agree with that. When we don't live on the plane of the will, our feelings lead the way and we become prone to picking and choosing our truth, receiving things that make us feel good and rejecting things that don't make us feel good. When we only accept the parts of God's truth that appeal to us and dismiss all the rest, we cannot receive the whole counsel of God. As it says in Acts 20, 27, we end up with the distorted truth, quote unquote, of our own making. And so many of us fall into that trap. So put feelings in their place. Feelings may say, I can't handle this. I'm not strong enough. I need to let my negative emotions control my words and my actions and my attitudes because my circumstances are just too difficult right now. But truth says, I may not be able to handle this, but God can. If I ask him, God can and will give me every bit of grace I need to maintain a joyful perspective, even when things are difficult. So there's an example of how we choose truth over emotion. And Elizabeth Elliot says, obedience to God is always possible. It is a deadly error to fall into the notion that when feelings are extremely strong, we can do nothing but act on them. Put feelings aside, go after truth, and then let your feelings come into alignment with the truth of the word of God. Now, this requires the grace of God. This is not something that comes naturally to us as women. But when we're truly committed to cultivating the canon mind, we can't be led by our emotion. We have to be led by truth. And God can shape our emotion to agree with his truth when we put his truth first. 
I still remember the time that Eric and I shared with a group of young adults. This was right when we were first starting our ministry. And these young adults had been brought up in the church. Most of their parents were pastors and leaders. But when we began talking about the word of God, some of the most well-known passages of scripture, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, we kept referencing that and they kept looking at us like, what are you talking about? And we recognized that they hadn't actually read the Sermon on the Mount. They didn't know the Beatitudes. It wasn't familiar to them because they weren't delighting in the word of God. They had grown up around truth, but they had never taken delight in truth. They had never gone after truth themselves. So let's not make that same mistake. We live in a very noisy culture, even in the Christian world. There are so many other things that can pull us away from the word of God, even seemingly good things. Let's not be distracted by the mushy thinking of our culture. Let's be committed to cultivating that canon mind. And we will be so much more equipped for whatever it is that God calls us to, whoever he's called us to reach. When we have a canon mind, we won't be deceived ourselves and we won't be in danger of deceiving other people. So this week, I encourage you to take a portion of scripture and say, Lord, give me a passion and a delight for your word. Even if you have to start small, I love starting with Psalm 1. It's a very short passage of scripture, but it's so rich with life principles and truth that you can meditate on Psalm 1 and think, wow, this is a life-changing part of scripture. And it's just a few verses long. And that's just a great place to start. So Lord, give me a passion and delight for your word and begin practicing those principles that we talked about. Turn to the word of God first, commit scripture to memory, cultivate that canon mind, and you'll be amazed at the spiritual strength that begins to flow into your life. You will be so much more equipped to be a godly mentor who can point others to Jesus Christ and change lives for eternity when you choose to have a canon mind versus a postmodern mind. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to take these truths deeper, I invite you to visit us at setapartgirl.com and look at the many resources and articles that we have for you there about building a Christ-centered life. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-focused week.